Welcome to the Challenging the Way We Age podcast, hosted by the Mavericks of Senior Living, Francis and Catherine, focusing on creativity, ingenuity, and inspiration to educate and inspire changes in the senior experience, breaking the status quo. We want to thank our supporters, Assured Assisted Living, Serenity App, Sevens Home Care, and Sevens Residential Memory Care. Now get ready for the next episode. Good morning, Mavericks. Thanks for joining us today on today's podcast. We are excited to have a guest here from the architecture world in senior care. We thank our sponsors because they help us continue to produce the show and provide you with the great information that we're about to share with you with Mr. Robert Simonetti. Robert, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we're excited. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do and what brought you to working in the senior care world? Yeah, uh, sure. Um, I'm an architect. I've been uh, working in architecture for about 25 years, uh, the last 20 for SWBR, a design firm in in upstate New York with uh, people in Rochester, Syracuse, and Albany. And we're an organization of about 100 people uh, doing work uh, predominantly in housing, education, and municipal industrial. Uh, I've been working specifically in senior housing for almost that full 20 years when I started uh, with a skilled nursing project, one of my first projects at SWBR. And have since been focused on skilled nursing and then continuing to refine that focus more to the small house and the greenhouse model. And I've been uh, really had great opportunity with that model to lead to meet some super leaders in the industry uh, around the country who have in some cases mentored me uh, and in other cases inspired me to uh, continue on this path uh, with a focus on seniors and person directed care that's great and i'm curious i know our audience is too what is the greenhouse project and can you also define for our audience the small house model Sure, I think that the greenhouse model, uh, the greenhouse project is an organization um, that facilitates the construction of new skilled nursing and sometimes assisted uh, living environments for seniors, and as well as the environment, they're integral to the development uh, and transition of, of the culture within the organization to change from the traditional medical focused uh, culture of a, a nursing home, uh, you know, hospital-based sort of mentality uh, to a culture that focuses on on the elder and the person that they're, they are, they're caring for. So the greenhouse really embodies the ideas of the Eden Alternative, another culture change organization, uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and builds upon the Eden Alternative uh, concepts with the, physical, with the physical environment, specifically to deinstitutionalize that skilled nursing environment that we all sort of know and are aware of a, a large building, 120 residents, 200 residents, double loaded corridors, sometimes two, sometimes three people in a room uh, in older models and breaks that model down and says, let's build new environments, new homes of just 10 to 12 people uh, and we'll provide skilled nursing there. And those homes will have all private bedrooms, all private bathrooms, and they'll have the feel and look of a home just like yours or mine but bigger. Um, and so they'll have a, a living room, kitchen, dining room, and all the, uh, all the, the residents are able to, uh, to come out and, and use all of those spaces and receive full skilled nursing care in that environment rather than the large institutional model. 
And the small house model is really just the generic version of Greenhouse, the Greenhouse model or the registered trademark organization that you can, that you can choose to work with. Uh, and if you don't work with that, then you sort of take your own stance and move in a little bit different direction. We would call it the small house model. Okay, so if you are a small house and you are certified uh, or trained as a greenhouse, is that how that would work? Then you would be a greenhouse, but if you're not, then you're a small house because you might be doing some things a little bit differently? Yeah, so the, the greenhouse, if you are going to build uh, new homes, the greenhouse would start uh, working with you well before the homes are under construction. They do leadership training, they do staff training, training on on the model, on, the, on changing your culture uh, and guide, guiding you all the way through. They help with financial analysis as well. Um, so you can ultimately, you know, go that way and register with them, in which case after the homes are built, then you continue to have engagement with them. They don't just walk away. They come back and they continue to provide support um, to your staff and to your organization uh, sort of through the life of, uh, of, of the homes, which is a really great feature um, to have that continued support so that you don't backslide from this, this idea of culture change, which is really hard. And so without help and well, yes. without uh, guidance and peer support, you can sort of backslide into that more traditional. Well said. Model. Yeah. It, culture change is not a one-time thing, is it? It's an ongoing, it's a habit really. And it's constantly looking at what you're doing and evaluating and moving forward and, and creating new innovations and, um, yeah, so it, it's a habit. I love that that is something that starts with the building but encompasses the culture. So let's talk a little bit about that. One of the things we, we wanted to talk with you about is the importance of culture change organizations to move the bar in senior care. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that. Yeah, I've, I've had good, uh, good experience with those, uh, many of the culture change organizations, starting with the Eden Alternative, Pioneer Network, Greenhouse Project, uh, and most recently have been involved with SAGE, which is not exactly a culture change organization, but um, provides education and support for those uh, looking to change this, the model of senior care. So I was trained as a Eden Alternative Associate uh, 10 years ago. I went, went and did that three-day training. They happen to be offering it in Rochester, New York. So that was a really a, a great experience in my plunge into, into that sort of that, that world. Um, I was lucky enough at the time that the, the trainer for the course was Dr. Al Power, who has now since gone on to really become very well known uh, with his ideas about dementia care. Um, and it was really a different experience. As an architect, I'm used to doing a lot of continuing education credits, you know, to maintain my license. And it's all typically very dry, very technical stuff, even though all the time, you know, we're often talking about how to keep water out of the building or moisture in the building. Uh, it's, it's still it's still dry. So to to go to the Eden Alternative <laughs> Creating, where there's 50 people and we're suddenly asked to hold hands and sing uh, and talk about <laughs> our experiences and our feelings, that was, you know, quite a, quite a different three-day training. Um, but really it was wonderful. The thing I took away was on day one, uh, Dr. Al and the other facilitator, Chris Andrevine, asked, you know, of the 50 people in the room, how many people believe that we can do this, we can do culture change in our organization and make it work? And of the, of the 50 people, two raised their hand. And at the end of three days, you know, spending time together and, and learning and training and, and understanding what this movement is for, at the end of the three days, you know, the same two trainers asked, same group, you know, can we do this, you know, and really 
49 people raised their hand. So there was still one person who wasn't sure, but to see the transformation of that group was great and, and them really believing it and buying into it. So it's been really helpful to me as an architect, as I work with providers who are considering that change, to understand now the fear that staff and even administration have in moving to that model. So during the design process, I'm able to reflect back on that and sort of help them as best I can uh, through the design process to take ownership and understand the model and, and what's going to mean to them to, and to their elders. There's, there's so many things in there that I want to talk about. So one of them is the, the sea change, really, that happened over the course of that course and how one individual was able to truly, you use this word, and, and truly at its core, transform the thoughts and motivations of the people by the end to say, yes, this is something we can do. And that takes people willing to think differently. And we have to think differently in order to do differently. So I, I think that's just amazing. And I really hope that our audience is getting the feeling of that, the, the idea that so many people can walk into a room and have different thoughts and ideas and opinions and then walk out three days later with, we're in this together, we've got this, we have all the people surrounding this problem together working on it. And that requires architects, that requires the leadership, that requires the caregivers, that requires the medical staff, right? Who else was in the room? What were some of the roles? Uh, it was largely the, the frontline care staff, honestly. Okay. Um, wow. As an architect, so you I were, was definitely the outlier. Yeah, you, you were the, <laughs> one of these things is not like the others. Yeah. <laughs> which, was, which was fun. But, yeah, um, well, it's it's really great because the other thing that's in there that I think um, I really want to make sure we articulate it to make it really clear is that you are an architect. So it is someone starting from the foundation of building this. And I don't mean building the building. I mean building the the culture, the experience that people will have, the care that we're going to be able to provide. And that includes the building. So I think there's something really, really core in there that I just want to draw out and make sure I connect the dots for our audience as well. Is in, I come from the software world, and in the software world, if you catch a bug in design, it costs you maybe 20 cents to fix. If you catch it in production, it can cost you tens of thousands of hundreds of millions of dollars. And if I use that analogy here, that's what this group is doing, is really catching any potential issues that they can in the early, early, early design phase before a nail is, is hammered in, before uh, anything takes place. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, it does. And in particular, the, the benefit, I believe, of working with some of those culture change organizations, specifically the ones that are involved in construction, uh, building and design, like the greenhouse model, is that they have lessons learned now for almost 20 years. So rather than as a provider starting from scratch, hiring your favorite architect and going to town on designing a building, which in uh, one of these homes, you know, might cost $2 million for a 10-person 10, 10 skilled nursing home or, you know, a little bit north of that. So rather than designing something fresh, building it as the prototype and then living in it to see how it works, uh, with the greenhouse model, you've got the ability to connect with all those providers and those adopters who have done it in the past and the staff of the organization and the architects who have done it um, in the past as well and learn 
there have been many mistakes. There have been many great things that have happened, but there certainly have been mistakes made along the way with regards to, to construction, design, how to, how to deal with codes. Um, so starting with one of those organizations really gives you a great, great starting point and mitigates much of the risk associated with a new construction project. Uh, and in a skilled nursing environment, it's so tough to begin with. You really want to mitigate yeah. as much risk as you, as you possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I want to ask just a couple more things there. So one, well, one, I guess, isn't a question. This is a statement. <laughs> um, you could almost say, to summarize what you just said, that these organizations have been working the last 20 years. They've been preparing for what we are all needing right now. And I think that that's amazing. And they've been doing and making progress along the way. But now is the time that the boomers are moving into senior care and not interested in continuing the same way necessarily that we always have, but really looking for, for things that meet more of their needs. So I feel like these organizations have been preparing for right now. This is their time. Does that resonate yeah. with you? Yeah. Yeah, it does. No, absolutely. They're, again, being being person-based instead of uh, medical condition-based, you know, they have always been in tune with the, the relationship of, of people and people's needs, um, emotional, spiritual, community needs more than uh, necessarily the medical needs. Uh, so yeah. I, I do think that does position them well to, to understand where people are headed uh, rather than an industry maybe. Yeah, and I think the thing about that for our listeners is if you're someone who is, has parents who you're looking at maybe moving into a, a community that will provide them a little extra living support, um, or if you're a, an older adult or, or someone who needs a little more support, these are things, there are options. Uh, so these are, these are some conversations that are worth listening to because there are options for where you might be able to go and why. And I think that's something people will start to think about is, why do I want to select that facility or that community or that home over any other one? How does it meet my individual needs? And that's something right. that these organizations are really good at. So let's talk about the physical environment and how that manifests the culture. Well, you know, the, in the small house model, generally it's, it's, it's a move away from any, any sort of double room or triple room to all, all privates. So you start with providing elders the dignity of their own private room and the dignity of their own private private bathroom, you know, with, with shower so that they don't have to put a word, uh, a, a robe on and, and, and then go six, six rooms down the hall to just to bathe. Um, so you, you begin with that. It gives uh, everyone their own uh, space uh, where they can be autonomous, where, where they can have their own identity uh, within their room. Uh, and then you've got the small cluster of people, just, just 10 to 12, which really facilitates community amongst those people, right? Um, on a, a typical skilled nursing unit of 40 people, many staff coming and going. It's really hard to, to make connections and you may make one or two, but um, you're probably, probably lucky at that. Whereas in, the, in the, the small house or the greenhouse model, that, that sense of this is our home, uh, the pride of home is there. Um, so there's a lot of uh, ways the culture and the environment facilitate just the well the well-being uh, of the elder. I think there's too a lot with regards to the staffing with the idea in the in the greenhouse small house that it is a, a dedicated staff for the home. So there are not uh, staff that rotate through day to day, week to week. 
Uh, it's a dedicated staff that, that manages their own time and their own um, schedules within the home. So that fosters sort of a deep knowing between the uh, care provider and, and the elder. Uh, and that is very, is very meaningful to both, really, when you hear stories, when you hear people speak, uh, what that means, particularly the staff that really talk you know, at length about them being able to now provide the level of care uh, that the, and love, give the level of love that they've always wanted to, but have not been able to in the, the more traditional model and traditional environment. Yeah, in a traditional environment, we don't value that component. We value the care over the, the relationship that you build, I think. Um, and I don't think that is at anyone's fault by any means. I think everyone does the best they can. It's the, the organization itself, the culture is, has been set up from years and years and years ago that it's about the care. It's not about the relationship, that trusted two-way relationship that these care providers, care partners give. I think that, you know, I'm imagining this home where people actually do have their own bathroom. And I see that so rarely, even in the small home models, I see that so rarely. And I want to also draw out something for our audience. There are small home models for assisted living, but we're talking specifically about skilled nursing, right? And those are two different things, but there's some crossover. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, generally the, the greenhouse model, uh, and even I would say the Eden alternative started in the skilled nursing environment. So Dr. Bill, Bill Thomas, uh, founder of both greenhouse and Eden, uh, was a geriatrician doctor in, in a skilled nursing building. Uh, and it was there that he, you know, latched on to the idea of, you know, the elders not, their true needs are not being provided for and started those, those two movements. So greenhouse model is typically, I would say 95% of the ones we've uh, worked with have been for skilled nursing, providing that, that culture change and the new environment there. Uh, less so in the assisted living environment. Yeah, that's a big shift for skilled nursing because skilled nursing has really al almost always been that very hospital-like setting, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, less of a jump for assist, you know, for many assisted living physical environments, at least, you know, yeah. that are already apartment-like. Uh, yeah. You've got your individual apartment, the ability to go down to the, you know, to the dining room, um, different meal plans. So it's yeah, the skilled nursing certainly had, had far to go. And like, as yes. you said, no, no fault of anyone, just a, yeah. a history of, of nursing care in the United States over the last 60 years, you know, this is- Yeah, and, and these not. communities, the, the um, I guess, the hospital-like settings, the rehab facilities, the skilled nursing facilities, they were all designed for the time that they were implemented. And that's great, that's perfect. Um, times have changed and people are looking for different things. And it doesn't mean they won't still want to uh, utilize what exists, but there are options now, which there haven't been. Uh, so I, this is really, really interesting and very exciting to us. And I know Francis wished he could be on this one because he's very interested in architecture. So we'll probably bring you back. Um, but I also want to move to what happens now in the age of COVID-19. How does this get impacted? Yeah, well, I would say for any of your, your listeners and yourself and myself included, that all of the, uh, these organizations that we've talked about are starting to have webinar series uh, specifically regarding culture change and COVID, physical environment and COVID, uh, design and COVID. So if you look at uh, 
Eden Alternative of the Greenhouse Project uh, websites, you'll find free webinar series on that. Um, so that, that's a start point to see, see what's going on. Um, I'm sort of excited, to, I don't know if this is good to say or terrible to say, but um, that, that, that COVID may make us realize uh, the importance of the small house or greenhouse model. That in the large environment of 120 or 160 people, double loaded corridors with uh, constantly coming and going, going staff um, and shared bathrooms that when we get a situation like this or any other infectious you know, disease issue, we're really, there's, there's no place to go. Um, whereas the small house model really mitigates risk greatly just in the fact that it has taken that 120 uh, bed nursing unit and, and now we have 10 homes, 10 physically separate and distinct homes of just 12 elders uh, with just a small number of two or three staff coming and going per day really, uh, of course, mitigates that risk. And then even within the home, if, if COVID or another disease were introduced, with the private bathrooms and private bedrooms that also again is great great risk mitigation so i hope i hope that in the in the future we can start to see what has been seen as a perhaps a financially difficult or culture change model difficult place to go to the to a small environment that um we can see that you know what it may be difficult but really we need to get there uh, and i think it'll have many other benefits besides infection control of course Yes, many other benefits besides that, but that's, uh, that's definitely one that is high impact, especially right now. So um, really interesting to think about it from that perspective. So something we like to ask our, our guests is, who do you consider to be a maverick in your life and why? Yeah, um, you know, working in this model and, and uh, even previous, previous to this model, when I started in, in skilled nursing, I was lucky enough to meet uh, administrators who forward thinking uh, and, and changing the model of care within their organization, even if it wasn't yet moving to Eden or uh, person-directed care or the greenhouse model. But one of those one of those uh, administrators was at the St. John's home in Rochester, uh, Rebecca Priest. Uh, and she was a very young, young person, administrator at the time, a large home, you know, I think 450 bed home in Rochester, who just thought differently and pushed. And quite honestly, sometimes wouldn't take no for an answer. Uh, and she had a vision and she crafted a vision for a very large organization. She's the type of personality that would bring you along for the ride. Uh, there was nothing authoritarian about her. She, she educated and continues to educate uh, and makes everyone in the organization and on the team see the value of this is what we're doing and, and this is why. Uh, and so every project I was involved with with her was always, you know, just a great project uh, and a great result because it started from the heart, you know, very heartfelt person yeah. uh, and very strong connection to, to the elders uh, and to people uh, and building relationships. So she, she would, is definitely a maverick. I wouldn't be the only person to call her a maverick. Many others would, uh, and she's still pretty active and, and someone I enjoy speaking with and learning from. Well, I, a big shout out to Rebecca Priest and um, would love to meet her someday. Maybe she'll be willing to come on the show and talk a little bit about what she's been doing and how she was an early maverick pushing the envelope. Yeah, I'll be, um, be sure she would. Yeah. Um, so we've done a lot of talking about these new types of models and new types of thinking and culture change. What action would you want our listeners to take after hearing this? Um, well, 
I've seen best results in physical environments and culture change when the elder is kept in mind. So in that regard, I would say, you know, do what Rebecca does and start start from the heart, the heart and with the, with the elder in mind. Uh, and anything you do in the in the physical environment or within your organization, keeping the elder, you know, that, that person, this is why we're all here, keeping them in mind uh, at the forefront and doing what's best for them and for the staff is, has to be there. There's often times, you know, we can think about, we've got to do something financial, we've got to do something about the physical plant, and we can distract ourselves from the ultimate goal any any number of ways, you know, but uh, keeping, the, keeping the elder in mind is terribly important. Love it. Love it. And you're right. That's why we all do this. It's why you and I are talking today. It's why Francis and I started the podcast and our Facebook Live series. It's why people like Rebecca Priest and the Eden Alternative and the Pioneer Network and SAGE and all of the, the organizations out there are out there pushing the envelope. So uh, that's, a, that's a great reminder. Keep the elder in mind. Keep the elder in your heart. Lead from your heart. So I think that you have answered this throughout, but we like to just make it really clear for our audience. Um, how are you creating hope for the way we all age? Yeah, I think, well, as an architect, I like to believe that uh, I can help create, you know, real homes, meaningful places uh, for seniors, for elders to stay connected, to thrive, uh, places that can, can still inspire, place this, places that uh, can imbue love back into, back into an environment. Um, so I'll keep pushing on, on that to create environments uh, that reinforce connection to our communities, be it our natural communities, uh, the, the outside, uh, or our built environments, or our social or spiritual um, communities. You know, I think you, you hit on it uh, early in the interview that the architecture is peace, but even as, as an architect, I understand the architecture is not, is not the whole. You know, it really is getting to great care and great environments. It's, it's really the organization uh, and the staff and the environment and culture all working together is one. It's, you can't start with a home and then try to build the culture from there. Really would be better to start with culture than, and then build a home or build a physical model that best supports, best supports that culture. But that's where I'll keep pushing. I think I've, I've, I've got a passion around that and, and with now 15 to 18 years and that specific model can bring many uh, lessons learned to bear on the physical plan and, and sometimes uh, on the culture as well uh, at the early stages. That's great. I love it. Uh, Robert, thank you so much for joining us today. Keep being a maverick. Keep pushing that. We all need it. We're, we're all aging every single day. That's right. So thank you. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate it and look forward to uh, hearing your future podcasts.